So you got to reorient yourself to power. Understand that you do have a voice. You get to speak up. Okay. You get to speak up, align with yourself, um, rather than being in, rather than doing things in reaction to someone who you perceive as having more power than you. I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You will shift. All right, this is a marathon. This is a marathon. I'm just going to start talking. So here we go. There's a question. Man who shut everyone out after leaving wife abruptly means what? I'm going to make it sound better. What does it mean that when a man who shut everyone out after leaving his wife, what does that mean? A man shut everyone out after leaving his wife. What does it mean? Um, It probably means he's trying to get himself together. Okay, it probably means he's trying to get himself together. I'm assuming that a woman asked this question. Women often seek support and men, women are more inclined to seek support while men are more inclined to try to rely on themselves, okay? So it's not about who's doing what better. Everybody's got different strengths. We're all here for a reason. Let me just give you that little disclaimer. It's not about somebody doing something better or worse. We just have differences. We have different strengths, okay? We have different inclinations, different preferences. So a woman can see a man retreat into himself and think, um, something is like terribly wrong is sometimes, is that the case? Sometimes it could, yeah, it is. And is that the case all the time? No, it's not. Okay. And you can't make a man or anybody, but you really can't make a man tell you something that he don't want to tell you anyway. So, um, I think it's helpful to ask a question if you are, you know, I don't know who you are to this person, but let me just talk in general. Um, if you see someone retreating and you think that it might be something like, something negative going on, right? Let's, you think that there's something asking a curious question to invite the person to share if they'd like is helpful. Okay. And that's really the limits of what you can do. We can't assume that someone really wants help, but they're just not saying it. Is it possible? Maybe, but you have limits to what you can do and limits like there, you can only go where someone invites you in. So asking a curious question can be helpful. Okay. Um, let's move on. How to know if you're just falling in love with potential evidence, consistency, and is the person able and willing evidence, consistency, and is that person able and willing? Someone can be able and not willing to change. Someone can be willing and not able to change. So, and so this person asks, how do I know if I'm falling in love with potential? I need to see evidence. I need to see consistency. I need to see that you are able and willing. Someone can be able and not willing. Someone can be willing and not able. Let me help you to spot the differences in these things. Someone who is able and not willing. Uh, so the kind of characteristics that comes out of that, the symptoms that come out of someone who is able, they have the capacity but they're not willing to actually do that work. They're not willing to come to the table with you. They're not willing to make the change. They're not willing to relate to you in the way that you would like. The way that it's gonna, the way that it could look, um, is they do things begrudgingly, okay, as if you are forcing them because you are right. They're not willing. 
See what I'm saying? So it can they, you're getting the feedback that you are forcing them to do it because you are, since they are not willing to do it on their own. Resentment will be present. Okay, that goes kind of goes hand in hand. I do it begrudgingly. I have resentment towards you because I don't really want to do this. I feel like you're making me do this. It might also look like you are like the other person is lethargic, tired again because they don't actually want to do it. Okay, so don't. So sometimes someone is like, I'm getting mixed signals. They're saying that's why I know why I'm breaking it down like this. Um, they're saying that they want to do it, but. Some reason I don't really know. It does. It kind of feels off, which is I think is why this person is asking: Is it just potential, or is it actually real? Is it really possible for us to have the relationship that we want? So, um, look past. You eventually, I mean, ultimately, you have to be able to discern for yourself what's what, right? You can't really rely on what other people are saying because then that creates a whole different issue. If I rely just on what you tell me. That means I don't take, I, I'm not taking full responsibility for the decision that I'm making to either stay or go. I ultimately have to decide for myself if I agree with what you're saying or if you're telling me that it's a yes, but there's just, it's just not adding up. As the people say now, the math ain't mathin'. Okay. So um, someone can be able, but not willing. They're doing things. They feel lethargic and tired. Um, and you, and you find yourself always pushing, often pushing them. Okay. You don't trust their motor. So you are the motor. You, there is something in you, whether conscious or unconscious, Hey y'all that knows that they don't want to do it. So you end up stepping in and doing their work for them because you fear that if you don't, that nothing would happen. And the thing is, you're probably right. Okay. In the case of someone being able and not willing, means that seriously if you stop doing all of the work if you stop doing the lifting for two people it'll stop everything will stop um willing so here's here's what it might look like hey y'all here's what it could look like if you are willing but not able this is a sad situation or it's all sad, but this is this one's a sad one, y'all. Someone is willing, but they're not able. What does that look like? They're unable to keep it consistent. So they say that they want to, and you believe them, and they probably mean it. Someone who's willing, but not able to do the thing in relationship that you need them to do in order to feel satisfied. Um, they lack consistency because they don't actually have the capacity to maintain that change. Okay, so they say they want to do it. They, you believe them when they say it. They believe themselves when they say it because they're not lying. I am willing. I am. Y'all see? Y'all hear this? Y'all hear this? I am willing, but I'm not able. I lack the capacity to maintain the change that you want to see in me and that I want to see in me because I'm willing, but I'm not able. So those symptoms of that, we lack consistency. Um, you're hearing the right thing, but you don't see it. When someone who is able and willing, okay, that's our sweet spot. When someone is willing and able, able and willing, we see steady progress. We see flow. People, both people are motivated. Okay. Like it feels, it's feeling like we're a team. It's feeling very win-win. Okay. So people are motivated. It's a motivating energy. There is a positive perception of what's going on. Someone doesn't feel like you're dragging me along and the other person doesn't feel like I'm always waiting for you. There's a positive perception of each other when the people are able and willing. Um, both people are also increasing along the way confidence in themselves and the other. Okay. So it's a win-win. Start to trust y'all when you when you're really feeling because um, I think a lot of people are, we're getting caught up in a lot of words that people are saying. But like 
I want you to tap into the experience that you're having. Okay. The experience that you're having. If it's feeling like we're a team, we're probably a team. If it feels like we're enemies, we're probably not in alignment. Okay. Those are just natural experiences that happen when you're in flow. You feel like it's a team. And when you're not, it feels like we're in combat. Okay. Start to trust the experience that you're actually having, regardless of what you're hearing the other person say, and regardless of the hope that you have of how the relationship is going to progress or end. Okay. Regardless of the outcome that you're hoping to achieve, you've got to start to look and sense past that and tap into what experience am I really having? What is the experience telling me? Not what I'm telling me in my head and not what you're feeding me. What is the experience telling me? Actually, go back to that black hole question, right? Am I feeling drained or am I feeling motivated? Am I feeling inspired by the work that we're doing together? Or am I feeling like, oh gosh, we got to talk about this again? That's telling you a lot. There's a lot of therapy. There's a lot of money you can save by just um, like starting to tune into like reality. I'm serious. I'm not even, it's really no shade. I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm honestly being like dead ass. Okay. Um, your job, if you are the person, this person asks, how do I know if they're, if I'm falling in love with potential? Um, you've got to relax and trust. Okay. You've got to be willing to allow for a new experience, which means that I need to check the negative perceptions, the negative beliefs I have about you. Even if they're coming from real experience, I need to be able to relax and trust that there could be a new experience that we're able to create together. Um, you want to be you and your position of wondering, am I following in love with potential? You're, you're the one wondering, is this person able and willing? You want to be able, you want to be told. You want to totally experience the other person rather than experiencing your own negative perceptions, okay? And so you do that by relaxing and trusting, allowing for a new experience. It doesn't mean that you're in denial. It doesn't mean that you lie to yourself and say it's working and it's not, but you allow for the possibility for change to occur. Let's move on. I'm going to have so many reels after this. Like, geez, Louise, I got reels for the rest of the year. I don't have, if I didn't do one more live, I got reels for the rest of the year. Do y'all like the silk? I came out of the hoodie for y'all today. All right. In long-term partner, I'm in a long-term partnership with kids. How do I respond to their often switching high slash low moods? I'm in a long-term partnership with kids. This person has swinging moods, switching moods. How do I respond? I'm on a roller coaster. My question for you, because you always know it's always something other than the question that you ask. Um, my question for you is, what do you fear? Okay, what are you not trusting? This really is really, really good with this last question, right? It said, like, you've got to get out of the way. You've got to get your own mistrust out of the way. So what do you fear? What are you not trusting? Is there assurance you need, direction that you need? You like the silk. Y'all like it? Oh, thank you. I, I fished for that compliment and I got what I look, was looking for. I got what I was looking for. Thank you. All right. Um, so I'm wondering, what do you fear? This person is in a, a long-term relationship. They have kids. This person has, their, their person has switching moods. And this, she said, this person, I don't know, man or woman says that they're on a roller coaster. So my question for you is, what do you fear? What are you not trusting? Is there assurance that you need? And I'm not implying that there is not something confusing going on, but I'm asking you to take full responsibility for whatever the fear is in you rather than thinking about their mood. What is it that I'm afraid of? 
In other words, what meaning am I making out of their changing mood? I'll talk about that again in a second. Is there assurance that you need or direction that you need about where the relationship is going that you're not getting? Be honest with yourself. Have I said, hey, I'm okay with not getting married, but it's been 10 years and now we have three kids. So now I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I do need that. Is there assurance that you need? Or maybe it's not, maybe it's not about marriage. Maybe it's just about, are we going to do 10 more years? I just want to know that you're still in this thing. I just want to know that you're still as committed as you were when we were in year two. Okay. So I don't know what the outcome is that you're looking for, but you need to know. Right. And maybe part of the anxiety is that you don't know. And then it feels like you're floating. That creates anxiety for people when you don't know where you're going. Okay. And then especially anxiety when you in that thing with another person, you like, you don't know where we're going either. We both here just what, we're what? Right. What's going on? Who's who's driving the boat? So um, is so be honest with yourself. Is there assurance that you need or direction that you need that you are not getting? The step after that is if that if there is something, then we need to learn how to be able to express that to them. Okay, to be able to confront that within yourself. Be honest with yourself. There's something I need that I'm not getting here. And then I need to be able to bring this to the other person and be willing to hear whatever honest answer that they have for me. Okay, because I'm I'm willing to bet that there's probably some fear in if I tell you that I really want something different or if I tell you that I want really relationship to look different. I'm afraid that that's not that that's maybe not what you want. And I'm afraid of that. Okay. Um, so that's, and that's valid. That's a, that's a genuine fear. Okay. But we've talked a lot today about, um, not compromising on yourself because you're going to op- open up anxiety and depression. So although the fear is valid, we've got to have a higher priority of aligning with the life that you really want, which will give you the motivation to actually ask those hard questions. Okay. It sounds like you're making meaning out of the moods. So, um, so I'll give you this too. In other words, the, the switching moods have become triggering for you. You said, I'm on a roller coaster. That implies to me, this is triggering. This is uncomfortable. Um, so the mood is triggering to you. I want you to get the de-trigger workshop. It's going to help you understand how the trigger is connected to this, these fears of rejection and abandonment. And you need to understand that. Okay. I'm wondering if the switching moods, especially the low mood is jolting a fear of rejection or abandonment. I'm wondering about that. Okay. So in other, so here's, here's the last thing I'll say, and then we'll move on is that often this question beyond this question, the question asker would really like to control that person's mood. And I don't mean that you mean to be malicious. I mean that you would like them to give you something stable, which is healthy and normal and fine. My point though, is this, that's not what they're giving you. And so that's not what you can worry about controlling. Okay, that's not what you can worry about controlling. And so, um, in in other words, if I if I if I take my attempt to control you or try to get you to give me something in particular, besides that, even though I I think that's a genuine goal, right? That's a genuine goal. But 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 even more primarily, I need to be very clear on what that trigger, what those mood changes are signaling to me. Okay, it's not it's not ultimately about their mood. It's about what that mood is signaling to me. And that fear is a thing that I need to address. All right. Um, He doesn't know if he wants a relationship with me after 10 years. I'm stressed. Does it mean I have anxious attachment? He doesn't know if he wants relationship with me after 10 years. I'm stressed. Does it mean I have anxious attachment? No, but it does sound like you're anxious. No, it doesn't mean you have anxious attachment. You could, you, you might, you could, 
But the point is, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you're anxious and it makes a lot of sense that you are. He doesn't know if he wants a relationship with me after 10 years. I'm stressed. Okay, so I don't know if you have anxious attachment, but I do know that you're anxious. Um, so you and so you what's causing this anxiety is is that there's there's things which is normal wrapped up in this other person. Right. There's hope in there. There's history in there. There's like or love there. Right. I don't know you. So I can, I'm not assuming anything, but there's some there's there's a connection there. So it makes sense when you when you when when we have that with someone, we want them to be close. We want to know where they stand. We want to know what our role is in their life. That's not crazy. That's not being anxious. That's being I want clear signs that you're that um, I'm not disposable. I want a clear sign. That's not be, that's not being over the top. OK, Um so anyway, um, so it does sound like you're anxious. So what I recommend without talking to you, without knowing you, I recommend having boundaries. I recommend having boundaries. Now, this can sound interesting because y'all have all, all, y'all have been in a, already been in a relationship for 10 years. Um, so. And now I'm talking about recommending boundaries. Mm-hmm. So first, so I, because I know how it sounds and because I know how difficult that can be after such a long time of not having a boundaries in place that are aligned with what you have now found that you really want in a re- in a relationship experience. Um, because I know that the difficulty in that first, you have to reorient yourself to your worthiness. You have to reorient yourself to your worthiness. You may not feel like you can have um, boundaries. You may not feel like you have the right to them because you've gone without them for so long. Remember we talked about like you, you may have come upon the realization that you actually want something different than how this relationship, than what you thought you wanted or intended when this relationship started. So someone can feel like I don't have the right to say anything. I've been going along with it for this long. How do I now set boundaries? Well, because you have full autonomy over your life. You have full autonomy over your life and you get to at any point in time, you get to withdraw yourself to whatever degree that you need to maintain your level of safety in every regard, or you can um, give more to give yourself more to, you can put more into relationship. That's going to get you closer to the level of satisfaction that you want in every context of your life. Okay. At any point you have full autonomy, no matter what you agreed on or, or didn't know about before, no matter what you thought was okay. And you, and you accepted before, well, now, you know, now you know better. Now you there's something that's not there. There's something that's not present that now you know would um, that now you believe would would give you more satisfaction. More now more stability is necessary. Now more um, parameters of the relationship maybe are necessary now. So more exclusivity. I don't know whatever it is that you want. Whatever it is, the thing is, the point is, doesn't matter. Whatever it is is okay. Whatever it is that you have decided that you need to live your healthiest, happiest, most satisfying life, you have the right to do what you need to do in order to achieve that. Okay. So with that being said, you have to, so I'm saying you have to reorient yourself to your worthiness. You have to reorient yourself to the rights to your life. Okay. Even, even knowing Right. That you didn't speak up before, even knowing that you didn't know stuff before, you still have full rights to your life. Okay, 10 years is not does not mean that now I am shackled to who I was. No, I don't care if it's been a day, a year, 10 years, 100 years at the point that you realize that there is something 
not right, that there is something, there's a life that you don't want to be living, you have the right to do something. Okay. Notice y'all. I'm also not saying up and leave because now you realize that you want something different. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you have the right to reexamine your life and come to a reasonable determination of what you want to do next. So, um, I think I make that, I think I made the point. Um, I want you to consider, so then you can consider things like once you, once you be accept that you can do that, accept, once you accept that you are able to set whatever boundaries that you need, um, regardless of the level of, um, the amount of time that has been spent, little or big time, um, you can consider things like time boundaries. Maybe it's no longer appropriate for you to spend as much time with this person when you're not in a relationship. Maybe, um, maybe there's physical boundaries that need to be put in place because now you don't, you don't feel comfortable doing whatever has been going on physically or other resource boundaries, including your affection, your time, your time, your attention, your money, your space. Okay. Any of those things can be considered. Okay, you can readjust the lines so that you are you are living in a in a in a space with a level of distance or closeness with whatever whatever degree of closeness or distance that you need in order to achieve the level of satisfaction that you want. Last thing, because I can't let you off with that without the, without saying this, do not do it silently. Okay, I have a feeling there's a lot of shame. I have a feeling there's a lot of shame um, present. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to reach. And I don't think it's a reach that there, um, is shame and fear around now speaking up about what you have realized that you need in order to live a satisfying life in order to have a healthy relationship. And so it can be tempting to hear this kind of stuff and try to implement it in the background. Okay. To try to draw up the plan in the back room and then implement it quietly. Okay. I don't want you to do it silently. I want you to make it known what you want and need. And I want you to practice saying it out loud. Okay. Practice saying it to yourself, practice saying it to other people, practice saying it in the mirror, practice saying what it is that you need out loud and do it with this person. Okay. So don't just do things. Don't just make the adjustments silently. Okay. That's a cop out, which you're looking for. Apparently you're looking to step into the life that you really want, which means that you can't do it invisible. You've got to be fully present, be present, be present, fully Take 100%. This is what I want to need. I'm going to say it because I don't have any shame about it. Okay. I know that I, I, I took a long time to get to this point. It's been 10 years and I know I've been doing a bunch of relationship stuff, but you know what? Now I need this and that. And I'm going to say it to you because there's no shame in that. There is no shame in that. Okay. Um, all right. Last question. Mm-mm-mm. This is very long. I'm having a good time though. Are y'all having a good time? Are y'all learning? <laughs> Are y'all learning things? I have to. Um, okay, so last one. How to date an avoidant person? How is it different with, from someone who is not interested? How to date an avoidant person? How is it different from someone who is not interested? How do I date an avoidant person? How does it differ from someone who isn't interested? Um, and with an avoidant, an avoidant, a, an experience with an avoidant type. You have a consistent feeling of being abandoned during times of stress, need, desire. Okay, good. Learning so deep. Excellent. Okay, so with an avoidant type, you have consistent experiences and feelings of being abandoned during times of stress, need, and desire. 
This person is emotionally unavailable to you. Okay. Someone who is not interested can be emotionally available, but romantically closed off to you. Okay. Someone who is interested can be emotionally available, but romantically closed off. People who are emotionally available don't leave you with lingering feelings of rejection and abandonment. Okay. We're able to communicate that this is what I want, or I don't like this or that. It doesn't feel like when you bring a concern, someone who is an avoidant type leaves you with this feeling of like, I don't, I don't matter. Like I, I've disappeared from their radar. Like they have turned off the, like, I don't like, they can't, I'm not here. That's the experience of being with an avoidant type. Rather, with someone who's not interested, it doesn't mean that they like are invested in you. They might be, but they also they don't leave that like that really scary, edgy feeling of like you don't matter as a person. An avoidant type gives that feeling of like it, you don't matter as a person. It doesn't mean that you don't matter. They just aren't able to like meet you in that presence, like in that emo- with the emotional weight of the moment. So they withdraw. The issue with the anxious type is that you internalize it and make it like as if you really don't matter when that's not really what it is. That behavior is a reflection of their capacity. Okay. It's not a reflection of your worth or value. So that's, I think, some of the question. Um, But okay. So dating and avoidant. How do you date and avoidant? Okay. So. I'm just gonna answer. I'm just gonna answer the question. Um, time they want time and space, and it does not mean they. You have to understand that them wanting time and space does not mean that they feel differently or negative about you. Um, so understanding that an avoidant type wants time and space, but um, and doesn't. But it doesn't mean that they necessarily feel differently or negative about you. So if you are dating an avoidant type or someone who is inclined to avoid avoidant behaviors, um, it is helpful for you not to when they do create some distance to not assume that it is something about you. Okay. That's really helpful. Allowing someone to have time and space and not bringing it into like, what did I do wrong for you to be doing this? They get really irritated by that kind of thing. Your confidence needs to be based on you. The person asking the question, your confidence needs to be based on you rather than how someone treats you. This does not mean that you accept disrespect abuse, or anything in the ballpark. That's not, being avoidant is not about character, okay? There is a difference between someone with negative character and someone with avoidant traits. There are plenty of avoidant people that have great character, but they have a, they have a very difficult time with emotional experiences. They're, that doesn't mean that they're disrespectful. It doesn't mean that they're abusive, okay? Um... So being avoidant and being having legitimate character deficits, it's not the same thing. Um, so be care, be aware of that. Um, so if you are dating an avoidant, you don't want to make those things the same. Okay, that's offensive and it's it's unfair and untrue. Okay, I'm saying it's unfair and untrue on the basis of like. Just because someone, I'm just reiterating, just because someone is avoidant doesn't mean that they have bad character. Could they have both? Yes. It just, one does not necessitate the other. So being, being, being confident, basing your confidence on yourself and not on how someone treats you means 
partly, partly means that someone else can have a preference for how they live their life and how they relate. And that should not be internalized into you. Okay. I just, I'm drilling that point from there. Deal breakers are valid. Deal breakers are valid. So there can be a level of avoidance that you will not accept. That's Taylor. That's Taylor. I, you know, I have, I, I, I understand avoidant types. I, I understand why everybody's doing what they're doing. I got it. There is a level. So professionally, I'm helping people to understand how to manage these things personally. And I'm talking about deal breakers, not just romantically, but in any context. There's a degree of avoidance that I will not accept, okay, because it's so misaligned with who I am that I would have to compromise too much of me in order to have a relationship with you. So there's a level, so their deal breakers are valid. Just because you can understand why someone's doing something doesn't mean that you have to accept it, okay? hope you're enjoying the Q&A so far. If you want to submit your questions and have them answered live and hear them back on the podcast, you want to join the Patreon. The Patreon is linked in the show notes. You can also search at I am Taylor Chandler. That is my name on Patreon. You can find us there. Join the Patreon party. Get your questions answered on these Q&As live and hear them back on the podcast. Let's get back to it. You can have empathy for someone, you can have understanding for someone, and you can still say, that's not for my life. That is misaligned with me. And that is okay. You can have whatever deal breakers you want. Um, so yeah, I have a level of um of a level of awareness that I I, Taylor, just cannot go below. Now, other people that don't have the same capacities as I do, their deal breakers are gonna be different. Like it's likely that. Um, well, a lot of people can go lower than me in turn, like if you're going to be close to them, they can go lower in the emotional intimacy space because they don't have the same capacity as me. That doesn't mean that anybody is better or worse. It means that we are two different people that have different needs. Okay. So that's why it's important to know yourself and not just make arbitrary, um, boundaries or say arbitrary deal breakers. When you get good with you, you can make much clearer decisions about what is truly aligned with you rather than making decisions that are a reaction to someone else. That's the nutshell. Okay. When you are good with you, you can make decisions that are aligned with you rather than making decisions that are in reaction to someone else. I'm going to remind you of what the question was, how to date an avoidant person. You, when someone's dating an avoidant, they're often, they usually feel like their power has just been given away because the avoidant gives the illusion of pulling the strings in the relationship. Okay. And so it's like, well, what do they want to do? I'm willing to, however, however high they want to go today, I'll go that high. And however low they want to go, I'll just act like I want to go that low. Cause you always, cause people dating avoidance, you always willing to go up with them and you got to force yourself to go down with them. Okay. So it gives them the illusion of having a lot of power in the relationship. So you got to reorient yourself to power. Understand that you do have a voice. You get to speak up. Okay. You get to speak up and that you have to be able to, um, if you want the healthiest, most satisfying life for yourself, align with yourself um, rather than being in rather than doing things in reaction to someone who you perceive as having more power than you. Well, y'all, we about to get up out this thing. I'm going to answer some of I'm going to answer these last questions. 
The question was, what do you think about giving someone a second chance, but just as friends this time? Based off of the way that the question is asked, I'm going to go ahead and make a read because I'm about to get up off this thing. So at this point, like we're just going to just get right to it. Um, by the by, the nature of the question, the question says, what do you think about giving someone a second chance, but this time just as friends? Sounds messy. Sounds messy. Anybody else getting messy? It sounds messy. Like, sounds like what you really want is a romantic relationship, but you'll accept what they're willing to give you at this time. Or you're saying that you just, or it's not just like necessarily what you're, you're making, you're in denial saying like, we can just be friends, but whole time resentful that they're not actually giving you romantic dynamic, giving you romantic dynamic. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to say that it sounds really messy. <laughs> never works. Some of the ashes that never work doesn't work. So giving someone a second chance just as friends this time, you're probably not just friends. That's probably not where your heart really is. And you're probably trying to constrict your feelings so that you can try to get whatever you can get. It's not going to work out. Like it's a guarantee. It's not going to work out. Compromising yourself. There you go with that attachment language. Ooh, compromising yourself. You said it better than me. Said it better than me. Compromising yourself always ends in catastrophe. It always ends poorly. So what do I think about it? That's what I think. I think it's going to go bad. <laughs> I think it's going to go bad. Next, I'm in a relationship. This person doesn't want to work on it in therapy. It's okay to throw in the towel, right? Um, if you're married, we have different considerations. If y'all got kids, we have different considerations. So I think it's reckless to just be like, yeah, if they don't want to work on it, no. Because I think that those kinds of things, especially, um, often have different implications. Now, if you're just dating someone and it's been 30 days and they're like, and you like, we got to go to therapy to make this 30 day relationship work. And they don't want, and they don't want to do that. It's like, y'all got so many problems already. Like, honestly, like, why should we, why would you, um, it's not a judgment. It's like, I really just need to understand what is the draw to try to make something work so bad. Um, so I can't really answer that question too directly. Um, but I can say that if someone ultimately is not able or willing to make changes that will help their relationship, if they, if someone doesn't see a relational problem as a two-person problem, you're going to have a problem, regardless of married, single, or whatever. If if the, if the if someone that you're in a relationship with doesn't see the problem that you're having within the relationship as a relational problem slash a two-person problem, as aka they only see it as your problem, you're going to have a problem. You have a problem, okay? So whether or not you want to throw in the towel or not, I can't say. I can't say because I don't know you and I don't know the situation and I have to be responsible. So, all right, y'all, that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening, y'all. I certainly appreciate your support. Join the Patreon, join the Patreon party, get your questions answered for our live Q&As, hear them back on the podcast. If you're interested in giving back to this podcast, if you are getting something out of it, if it's lighting something up for you, helping you in your understanding of yourself of your and or of yourself or others and others, all of that, okay? There are um, links below to the Cash App, the PayPal, and the Venmo. You can find me at the same name on Cash App, and Venmo at Tay Chand with a D on the end and PayPal type in my email taylor at I am taylor Chandler.com. Thanks for listening y'all and I'll see you next time.